Hello and welcome to the monthly Megabyte CEO Barometer. For those of you who don't know Megabyte, we're a technology research firm and we track the corporate activity, strategic positioning and financial performance of the UK's leading software, ICT services and digital firms. The aim of this show each month is that I take a look at all of the extensive written research and data analysis that we've done at, the Meg at Megabyte over the preceding month and try and pull out the key themes and trends and help you understand what that means for the outlook. I, I take a particular look in this show at corporate activity, looking at uh, capital markets, M&A, venture and growth capital, private equity activity and valuations in all of those deals and the key themes and trends. It's been a very busy month for the team at Megabyte once again, and the team published over 200 individual pieces of research and news analysis on uh, results and deals that have gone on in the sector during November. And as ever, the key sort of source of our intelligence and our data, as well as understanding the underlying company financials and, and data within the deals, is conversations with C-level directors, mainly CEOs of the companies we track. And indeed, the team had nearly 100 of those conversations during November with major players such as Civica, Clarinet, Radius Payment Solutions, DWS, Euromoney, Advanced, FD Technologies, Kanos, GBG, Unit4 and others. Key mid-market players such as Kerridge, Six Degrees, OneCom, Redcentric, Perkbox, XLN, IDOX, Wavenet, Redwood, Te Redwood Technologies, and really exciting young emerging players, which is a real growth area for us at Megabyte at the moment. And we spoke to players such as Third Fort, Amberjack, uh, Invesia, Foundation SP, Netomnia, Arctic Shores, and, and quite a few others besides. Of course, subscribers can get access to all of our research on these companies and the deals and, and, and all of the analysis of the data within that. Um, if you think that the research that we provide and the data we provide is of, maybe of use to you and you're not yet a subscriber, we'd love to hear from you. Please go to our website at megabyte.com, hit the uh, request a demo button and our customer team will be very happy to help you. So here's a quick view on the key takeaways from the tech sector th uh, this month. Share prices were a bit soggy again during November, um, and those of you who watched the show last month will uh, remember that, uh, that they, were, they were weak in October as well. October was more about worries about inflation. In November, it was the emergence of the Omicron uh, variant of the COVID virus, uh, and that's concerning markets as it is the whole world more generally, uh, and that's been weighing on UK tech stock shares, which were down as were the wider markets. Much more stable in the US, interestingly, except for those very high-valued stocks, and I'll talk you through some of that as we go through the show. Uh, in terms of deal numbers, we recorded 95 deals on our database during, uh, during November. That was up slightly from 93 during November 2020. And we are now seeing the number of deals across all of the types of deals that we track at Megabyte sitting in the kind of 90 to 100 per month. Um, you know, we're now seeing year-on-year -year comparisons relatively stable. Uh, within M&A, we tracked 94 deals, sorry, 49 deals in, uh, in November up from 45, seven, uh, sorry, six private equity deals up from seven in November 2020, um, and up quite a bit from October, which was a very quiet month actually for private equity. Uh, venture and growth capital deals, we had 36 on our database, um, down slightly actually from 38 in 2020, and capital markets deals just four in, in November, up from three in the year ago period. So you can see that those sort of deal uh, numbers are pretty stable year on year. In terms of valuations, uh, unsurprisingly, because of the public company valuations, uh, public company share prices, valuations were down slightly overall. Um, but we are seeing some interesting kind of points of interest within, uh, within valuations uh, that really uh, kind of relate to some of the kind of hotspots within the technology sector generally, I guess, as you'd expect. A couple of deals I'd highlight, and I'll talk through more as we uh, go through the show. Uh, Kubrick, 
um, in the uh, in the IT consulting space, uh, a very interesting management buyout focused on sort of two hotspots, if you like, uh, lack of resources and also data, uh, two kind of key things which are going to be very big in 2022, we think. Um, and I'll talk through what that was all about. That was just a really interesting kind of valuation high point. And also GBG, uh, GB Group's acquisition of Accuant in the US, 13 times uh, sales uh, for a business growing only at about 20, just over 20%. So, um, you know, that feels like a bit of another high watermark for us in some of this international expansion that we've seen from um, UK public companies. And I'll talk through more of that as we go through this month's show. So turning in more detail, looking in more detail at the capital markets activity that we saw during November in the UK. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, it was a um, not another another not very good month for share prices in the UK. Um, as you know, we track a, uh, an index of about 150 UK listed tech stocks uh, a megabyte. And we use that to sort of give a proxy for how the overall sector is doing. Um, the megabyte, uh, the, the total index of the megabyte universe of 150 companies, that was down about 6% during uh, November. And that left the overall valuation at about 19 times, down from about 21 times. So uh, brought in line with share price reduction there. And it's, frank, it's been hovering around that kind of 20 times level for quite a few months now. Uh, the software index was down um, slightly less at, four, at uh, 5%. And we're seeing software valuations at about 23 times. That was down from about 24 times. ICT uh, index down 4% as well and ICT valuation stable down slightly at around 16 times. For context, the UK market, uh, as measured by the FTSE 250, which as I say is a good proxy for the UK, uh, for the, uh, UK um, uh, economy, if you like, rather than the FTSE 100, which is a bit more kind of international oil company banking dominated. And um, the FTSE 50 was down 2.5% uh, in, in, uh, in November as well. So difficult, difficult month for the markets all round. More, slightly more positive picture in the US. The Nasdaq was, uh, was flat, down very slightly in November, uh, leaving its valuation broadly flat at about 19.5 times EV EBITDA. Clearly, that's not an absolute measure of what's happening in tech, but the Nasdaq is quite tech heavy, as you probably are aware. Um, uh, looking at the slightly more uh, kind of sexy end of the, of the um, US tech stock market, the Bessemer Venture Partners, NASDAQ Cloud Index, that was down substantially actually in November. That was down 16%. So I think the, the pain in the US market from tech stock uh, related to Omicron and other worries in the market has really been felt at the, the very high value end where the beta is typically higher. And that meant the valuations down from 23 times to 18 times sales for that index. So still obviously very highly valued, but an interesting, an interesting to see that kind of high value index coming get, getting hammered in, uh, in November. Turning back to the UK, looking at the corporate activity in the capital markets, we registered, as I said at the top of the show, four deals. Um, that was a little bit more than uh, November last year. One IPO, skill cast, uh, compliance training and software business with a 33 million market cap and a four, four and a half million raise at about five times trailing revenue. Follow on public offerings, a couple of small ones, check it. Uh, 21 million workflow monitoring and uh, building management software business and feedback um, in the medical imaging space, 11 million follow-on public offering for them. But the real biggie in the market during uh, November was uh, GB Group. Uh, this was a 305 million pound raise to support the 550 million sterling uh, acquisition of Acuant that I mentioned in my summary. And 
it's a really interesting, and I'll talk more about the acquisition aspect of that later in the show, but it was really interesting to me that um, you know, this is another very significant data point on this UK public companies acquiring internationally and using uh, their currency and raising money from UK institutional investors to do so. Craneware, ATG, LTG, CAPE, NCC have all raised substantial amounts of money, most of those over 100 million in the last few months to do that. And I think that's a very encouraging, very significant trend uh, within, within UK capital markets and something of a resurgence there um, when private equity typically has had it all its own way to some degree. In terms of the IPO valuations outlook, um, you know, a lot will depend, as I say, pretty much every month on inflation, the inflation outlook. Um, you know, inflation is now running at whatever it is now in the UK, 5%, and that still doesn't seem to be having too much of an impact on the markets, but we'll see what really that impact that has on interest rates next year. That's going to be the key determinant. Omicron clearly is a black, now a black cloud hanging over the markets. They seem to be managing that pretty well at the moment, but that will impact. I don't see that as a fundamental driver of tech stock share prices over the medium term, but it's going to create uh, short-term volatility for sure. In terms of the IPO market uh, and, and appetite for tech stocks generally in the capital markets, it's kind of interesting. My friends in the city tell me that things are a bit, a, a little bit mixed at the moment. We've had some, we've had some um, negative sentiment around, sentiment around some of the digital IPOs that have not performed well, the likes of Deliveroo and the Hut Group, obviously, which have disappointed investors. Um, but against that, we've had some very successful, more traditional tech IPOs. Dark Trace being the obvious one, um, obviously, it cut its share price, its IPO price back significantly, but the shares have been incredibly strong since then and other smaller ones, uh, you know, microlize active ops and people that have performed really well. So my friends in the city are still telling me if you've got a good deal um, and you've got a good IPO, you could definitely get it done, but it's not quite the free-for-all it was maybe six months ago. So a bit more of a mixed outlook on the IPO, IPO market. It'll be very, very interesting to see how that pans out during 2022. So that's a quick canter through what's happening in the capital markets. Next, I'll take a look at what's been happening in uh, private equity. Those of you who tuned into the show last month will remember that it was a very quiet month for private equity deals in October of this year. Uh, and deal flow returned to some level of normality in November with six deals we registered on our database. We've been tracking an average of about seven, so broadly in line with the averages during November. Um, and uh, half of those deals were in software, half of those deals were in ICT services. And I'll start by focusing on, on ICT services. And one deal in particular I wanted to talk about was Bowmark's um, management buyout of a business called Kubrick. This is a, a recruit, train and deploy business, a bit like FDM, which many of you will be familiar with, the UK listed business. And um, as the name suggests, uh, Kubrick, uh, Kubrick um, uh, um, hires people, trains them in a specific skill, in Kubrick's case primarily around data skills, and then deploys those uh, people onto client sites, and uh, typically for a few months or a few years. Kubrick's focus is actually quite short-term deployments, three or four months. FDM and others typically focus more on two years uh, or, or around that kind of level. So slightly different model, but broadly the same overall model. And um, you know, we, 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 it's quite difficult to triangulate Kubrick's precise uh, revenues. I mean, it's, it's, still got, uh, it's still got abbreviated accounts, which, you know, it was only founded in 2016 and has now been through a buyout of what we think was about 160 million. Um, and we think it was probably about three or four times revenue for this deal. So, um, you know, what have they done? How have they managed to achieve uh, this amazing uh, kind of achievement of getting to a business worth 160 million in a few short years with no external funding to date? And I think it's, Clearly, credit to the management team of that business and the founders of that business doing a great job to, to get it to where it is. Um, but what's underneath that to some degree is that it's focusing on two of the key kind of hotspots in the market at the moment. One is it's providing IT resources, um, you know, conversations we're having, you're probably having uh, with people around you. The IT resourcing crisis, as I would describe it, is getting worse almost by the day. Kubrick is clearly trying to and helping to solve that problem. And also, 
Um, those of you who watch the show regularly will know I talk about the sort of data revolution a lot. And um, you know, that's something that Kubrick is also focused on. So I just think this, <clears throat> this deal highlights a few things. It's interesting that, you know, that if, in this day and age, if you've got a technology business that's solving these uh, sort of current problems, you can grow very rapidly even without external funding with certain business models. But also, um, it sort of underlines the sort of valuation dynamics within IT consulting, which, even, and surprisingly, perhaps for businesses with very little in the way of, uh, of earnings visibility, trading at two, three, sometimes four times revenue for very high growth businesses in this part of the market, which I think is fascinating, and a, a much higher level than they have historically traded at these kind of businesses. So, fascinating trend there. So that's Kubrick. Elsewhere in, uh, in ICT services, we saw a small management buyout for Cooper Software, which is an ERP implementation services business um, backed by YFM. We think of our £7 million deal. Much bigger in the tech-enabled services space, Bellrock, this is the uh, kind of in the property management services and tech-enabled services uh, part of that market. In the Horizon Stroke Lyceum uh, portfolio, it's been in that portfolio for eight years, so it's a long-standing um, investment in that, part, in that uh, portfolio. Secondary buyout um, backed by Sun European, uh, we think about 175 million sterling. So a um, few interesting things going on within ICT services, but in software, the biggest deal we think was, uh, well, we don't think we know, the biggest deal in software was more of a financial services stroke fintech deal, Jar Jar credit card processing, which this business acquired Bank of Ireland's uh, credit card uh, business for um, uh, five, over 500 million pounds in 2019. So it's a, fin it's a financial services fintech business and now has gone through another funding round backed by KKR, TDR and others. I mean, we don't know the valuation, but probably um, approaching a billion, if not more. Um, elsewhere in software, Macquarie backing uh, backing Ariser. This is a uh, this is a debt recovery software business that had previously backed by Pollen Street Capital. Pollen Street rolling over some of its holding as well into the secondary buyout. Uh, don't know a deal valuation on that. It's quite a lot of puts and takes around how that business has performed during COVID, but definitely north of 100 million. So a reasonably chunky software uh, deal uh, 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 this month. And at the smaller end, IEG4. This is a digital transformation software business in healthcare and local government. Uh, that's a minority deal by LDC. Again, not entirely sure of the deal valuation there, but we think around 20 million, probably four or five times sales for that for that business. So a steady month, uh, steady month in, uh, in in PE. Looking or thinking about the outlook in private equity, it's kind of interesting because. December 2020 was a massive month for PE deals in the UK tech sector. There were 14 deals registered on our database, which was more than we'd seen in any month previously for some time and since, frankly. Uh, it really doesn't feel like December's going to be like that this month unless we get some big flurry of deals ahead of Christmas. Uh, we've only registered one deal so far in December in PE, uh, PE deal on our database. So uh, it feels like this quarter as a whole is going to be much lower in terms of deal flow than uh, it was in uh, Q4 2020. Um, and it's just going to be really interesting to see whether that is a trend that, that carries on during 2022. Um, perhaps it's, there's so, so much M&A going on in the market at the moment that that is potentially robbing the private equity firms of original deal flow. Obviously, a lot of the M&A is being backed by uh, private equity, so it's kind of swings around and about a little bit. But primary capital going into PE deals seems quite low at the moment, and it doesn't feel like it's going to uh, necessarily get back to levels that it has been earlier this year and, 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 and last year. But we shall see. So that's a quick hand through what's been going on in private equity. Um, in the next section, I will look at what's been happening in venture and growth capital. Deal flow continued to be relatively stable in the venture and growth capital um, world. Uh, we registered 36 uh, transactions on our database in November compared to 38 in the year ago period. Um, amount raised was up 18% to just over 1 billion. 
and we're seeing the kind of year-on-year -year growth pattern slow now uh, in, the, in the total amount raised in venture growth capital after a rapid acceleration in, uh, in, in, the, in the value of deals uh, earlier in the year. And we're seeing about a billion a, a month now in terms of uh, venture growth capital uh, fundraising. Uh, um, and we've seen that level there or thereabouts over the last few months. So it seems to have stabilized at that kind of level. Um, obviously higher than last year, and the deal, with the deal numbers broadly flat year on year, the average fundraising now um, significantly higher in that kind of 30 to 40 million range. In terms of the deal flow this, uh, this, this, uh, during November, again, as always, dominated by software, 31 software deals, five ICT services deals, primarily in that, in that uh, internet infrastructure space, and I'll come back to that. Um, and within software, um, uh, you know, enterprise really, as ever, is, is, is a significant uh, driver of deal flow. And there's been a really broad spe uh, spectrum of deals within enterprises. There normally is quite a few Series A deals. I'd highlight Payhawk. It's an expense management business. Series substantial, $112 million Series B. Um, and that kind of uh, area has been quite vibrant for uh, VC deals in the last few months. So another kind of interesting data point there. Interestingly, um, and I talked about this a bit last month, business and consumer. So with returning confidence, notwithstanding what's happening with Omicron at the moment, but broadly speaking, with some returning confidence into the consumer market, we're seeing more private equity money, sorry, venture capital money going into that part of the market once again. And I'd highlight Ometria. This is a retail marketing optimization business, 30 million Series C, an OTA in digital insights into hospitality. 58 million pound <coughs> chunky series b so um, as as we recover as the high street recovers and, and 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 hospitality starts to recover more um you know businesses that are, are, are digital businesses and software businesses enabling that recovery are finding favor in the vc world again another area i've touched on quite a bit over the last few months healthcare continues to be a significant driver of vc investment and um, Cambridge Epigenics is uh, was a significant 65, <coughs> excuse me, 65 series, million Series D. This is sort of tech meets healthcare, gene sequencing technologies, um, 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 synthase. This is a lab workflow optimization solution, 26 million Series C. Um, EOS uh, digital healthcare. Interesting, this one. This is another men another me mental health digital platform from to, to support mental health. 39 million pound Series B. This is a business a bit like Cooth, which is uh, an aimlessed business that I've talked about quite a bit, and also Helios in the Albion stable. So another one of these businesses generating significant growth and, and investor demand um, in trying to solve the sort of burgeoning mental health uh, problem here in the UK and increasingly internationally. Um, it, actually, funnily enough, a quieter month for fintech. You will know, as I say every month, that fintech is uh, usually the biggest, uh, and I think again this month was the biggest uh, in terms of pound notes raised uh, subsector within software, within VC generally. But a bit quieter this month, not so many deals. Uh, Thought Machine, I'll talk about it in a minute. Uh, in terms of mega deals, and also um, Zilts, this is a, the, the UK-based buy now, pay later business. That was an £81 million pound, uh, a Series C raise, taking that valuation to $2 billion reportedly, um, more than double what it was at the last raise. So that buy now, pay later space uh, just sort of continuing to grow. I personally have got some concerns about that, and I, I've got sort of some worries that, that that whole area might fall foul of of, of, of some compliance that we saw in some of the other payday lending uh, sector over the last few years, but we shall see. It's avoiding it so far, but I have medium-term concerns about that. And, and sort of last, but definitely not least, looking at kind of key areas, uh, internet infrastructure um, in the ICT services space continues to, be a, uh, continues to be a very big driver of spend, particularly around fiber investment. And we saw um, 
um, MS3 Networks raising 45 million in growth capital during November, and, uh, and NetOmnia, uh, another, another fiber business raising 123 million of growth capital uh, in November. And that was one of 300 million pound deals. So there was another sort of significant number of 100 million pound deals in the sector. Netomnia, 123 million uh, growth capital, as I say. Motorway, this is another one of these sort of online car auction businesses, 142 million pound Series C. And in the fintech space, Thought Machine. This is a very interesting kind of retail platform business. I've mentioned this, this company a couple of times on the show in the last few months, 150 million pound Series C for that business. And it's effectively enabling a traditional banks to fight back against uh, some of the uh, di the native digital banks that we've seen emerging over the last few years. And it's a sort of a digital bank in a box, if you like, finding real favor growth uh, uh, within the uh, favor with the investor community and high levels of growth. So interesting to see how that business progresses with 150 million quid in its back pocket. Um, so that was the, the biggest uh, fintech deal in terms of funds raised uh, during uh, during November. So I would characterize November and venture and growth capital as, as a, a normal month, if there's such a thing in that part of the market, um, and focused on software, but also within that um, internet infrastructure. The outlook for venture capital in 2022 remains very positive, I think, notwithstanding some of the concerns that I've mentioned previously about some of the very high valuations we're seeing uh, across the market in venture and growth capital. Um, so I won't repeat what I've said there in the past. And it does, it does seem to be settling into this pattern now of um, kind of a billion raise, whereas that was more like half that or even less than that uh, a year ago or 18 months ago per month. And it seems to be settling into that pattern now of about a billion a month um, with 30, 30 to 40 deals. So that's where we're at with venture growth capital. I don't see any particular reasons why that should change substantially during, uh, during uh, 2022, but we shall obviously see it as the, as the year pans out. So that's Venture and Growth Capital, and I will finish off the show as I do every month with a look at M&A. Um, it's been another very busy, busy month in that part of the market. So last, but very definitely not least in our show this month, uh, a quick review of what's been going on in the world of M&A within the UK technology sector. And we've, we've seen over the last couple of months uh, a stabilising of deal numbers in the sort of 40 to 50 per month range. And November was very much in that range, albeit at the top of it, with 49 deals uh, that we, uh, that we uh, registered on the database during November, up from 45 in November 2020, so up a bit, broadly flat. As ever, the bias of those deals was very much um, on software, 37 deals in software, a dozen in ICT services. So we'll look at those software deals first. And as I say, many in most months, enterprise software is usually the dominant peer group within M&A, and it was even more so the case during, uh, during November. 22 of the deals, so kind of two-thirds of the deals in software and half of the deals overall were in enterprise. And there was the usual, uh, the usual kind of spread of, of bolt-on deals, two for access last month, um, one for Iris amongst others. But the real biggie was GBG, uh, GB Group's acquisition of Accuant, uh, which I've mentioned a couple of times in this show, but just to drill into that in a little bit more detail, $736 million, around £550 million, 13 times sales for that business, just under, for a business that is growing at just over 20%, albeit in a SaaS transition mode where its uh, underlying kind of subscription revenues are growing more like 40%, so there is definitely significant growth in there, uh, with about $41 million of revenue and about $10 million of EBITDA dollars. So, 
very substantial valuation for this deal. So what do we say about it? Well, look, from a strategic perspective, we totally get it. Uh, we totally understand this is from a US perspective and a product perspective, an absolutely a phenomenal fit for GB Group. However, we have to question the, the level of valuation. You know, that kind of, for a business that is well past its hyper growth phase to be paying a double digit sales multiple, a 13 times sales multiple feels very chunky to us. So some puts and takes on that deal from our perspective. Um, idea Gen, um, is also uh, getting on with its uh, international growth aspirations, and they completed their uh, most significant deal to date uh, in Australia, 58 million sterling acquisition of a business called Complice Space in Australia, um, about five and a half times sales, uh, and as well as a smaller deal uh, during November. So IdeaGen getting more and more uh, uh, um, uh, acquisitive and really using its paper as well, or its quoted currency to, uh, to accelerate its M&A program, which is great to see. Uh, in the private company world, Opus Trust Communications, an owner-managed business, interestingly, acquiring Adara SEC, both in the sort of omni-channel communication space, both operating in highly regulated industries, so good fit there. Um, Adara is, a, uh, is an, an endless-back business, um, and we think it was about an £80 million deal. But that, interestingly, creates almost trebles uh, Opus's uh, revenue. Uh, to about 110 million. So really creating really quite a chunky business in that part of the market. We're not actually sure how Opus funded that deal, whether Endless rolled over some of their, uh, some of their equity or not, but uh, interesting to find that out as time rolls forward. So some interesting deals in enterprise, that was primarily the focus of deal flow. Elsewhere in software, Microfocus divesting its digital safe business. This is its archiving and risk management portfolio of products for 275 million to Smash. Um, and you know, as you will probably know, uh, uh, Microfocus continues on the journey to try and uh, rebuild its business after the pretty horrible uh, aftermath of the acquisition of HP Software back in 2016, which not only caused uh, significant issues in the financials with growth, etc., but also overlevered the business. Uh, and they're trying to sort of get their way out of that. And this deal was to help uh, with the balance sheet primarily. In ICT services, the biggest deal by a long way was Viasat's acquisition of Inmarsat for 5.4 billion. That'll be one of the biggest deals we see in the sector this year, without doubt. Um, those of you uh, who follow this part of the market will probably remember that um, Inmarsat was taken private for, for uh, 4.6 billion in 2019 by Apex, Warburg, Pincus, and some others, and has now been acquired, or uh, in the process of being acquired by Viasat. Uh, for a little bit more than that, and the business has grown a bit, we think a high single-digit multiple, uh, EV EBITDA multiple for that deal, and it's all about gl consolidation globally in that part of the market. Uh, Vionet, sorry, Viasat uh, Shell is not particularly happy with that deal by the looks of things. Those shares dropped 17% on the day the deal was announced, so some perhaps some uncertainty there about that. Um, elsewhere in, uh, in ICT services, uh, just wanted to mention Wavenet, Macquarie backed Wavenet's acquisition of Excel we think this was a £60 million uh, pound deal. Uh, it's, a, it's a £6 million EBITDA business, so we think about probably about 10 times for that deal. A couple of interesting points to make about this, this acquisition. First, from a WaveNet perspective, it puts that company firmly into this sort of 20 to 30 million bracket. There's a group of companies in that kind of larger mid-market size range within, uh, within telco services, ICT services generally, the likes of Southern, GCI, NASDAQ, OneCom, Arrow, and so on. So very interesting kind of quasi-transformational deal for, 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 for WaveNet because it was a much bigger deal than they've done previously. But also, I mentioned in, uh, earlier in the show talking about how uh, M&A activity, sorry, private equity activity has been relatively muted this quarter. And one possible reason for that could be that, uh, that um, deals that could be management buyouts are ending, ending up being uh, M&A deals for, uh, for other businesses, often private equity-backed businesses. And I think um, 
uh, WaveNet's acquisition of Excel is potentially a, a, a classic example of that. Excel is certainly large enough to be its own PE back deal, but has gone into the WaveNet stable. Um, so it's still Macquarie effectively backing that deal. But this, I think, is one of the examples of why possibly we're seeing fewer, um, uh, new, you know, newer uh, PE deals, as in original PE money going into businesses. So that's a quick look through M&A. Um, before we go on, I wanted just to uh, mention a new feature on the Megabyte platform. So during November, we launched uh, what I think is a very cool new feature on the Megabyte platform where we, uh, we, you can now search companies by how acquisitive they are. So you can put in a time frame, you can put in how many acquisitions a company's done, one up to however many they've done. Um, and obviously, as you can with all the company search on the Megabyte platform, you can, you can look at it by... Um, by peer group or, or size range or ownership type or whatever you want. So you can identify if you're, a, if you're looking to sell your business, you can identify potential acquirers of your business by looking at businesses that are M&A um, uh, active in your part of the market. Um, if you are a, an investor and advisor, you can find businesses that are acquisitive in a particular part of the market that might need funding for those acquisitions. So we think this is a really cool feature uh, for, uh, for subscribers. And um, just to give you an example of what I did earlier, a couple of clicks of the button, I can find out that Access Group, which I talk about a lot on this show, is far and away the most acquisitive businesses on our business on our platform. And it has done, we have registered anyway, we have noted 72 acquisitions for Access over the last 10 years or so that we've been, um, or 72 deals, I should say, so that includes the PE deals uh, that have, uh, uh, no, it doesn't. It's just the M&A deals. Um, and that's almost double what the number two on the list, Civica, has done um, with uh, with 38 acquisitions. So subscribers, go and have a play around with that. If you think that might be useful to you, you know what to do. Come and talk to us about a subscription. Enough of the sales messaging. So that's really all I wanted to uh, really all I wanted to say uh, this month about what's been going on in the in the sector. Just to quickly mention the the CEO summit. You'll know that we finished the 2021 CEO summit in November. Uh, planning is well advanced for the 2022 CEO Summit. We've got a couple of great sessions on the 18th and 19th of January with some great speakers looking at what's going to be happening, uh, what are the key themes and trends across the broad spectrum of the sector for 2022. So don't miss those. You can register in the usual place. If you are registered for our 2021 program, you will get details of the 2022 program as well. So we hope to see many of you there. So that is it for uh, December. That is it for 2021. What a year it's been. Um, incredibly busy, interesting year for the UK tech sector. I'm absolutely certain 2022 will be just as interesting. And I'll be back in January to tell you all about what's been happening in December with some thoughts about what might be happening going forward. But uh, that's it for now. Thank you very much for listening this year. Wishing you a very happy Christmas and a happy and healthy 2022. And I look forward to seeing you in January. Thank you.